ready to take a ride. Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, I can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening. You're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. Brother Mike, how you doing? Oh, I'm just good as a possum eating briars, buddy. I'm, I'm, I haven't changed much. All right. <laughs> By the way, I want to give you condolences. I heard that your mama had passed. Went on home to be with the Lord. Very, very well, sorry. You know, that. she made it to 103 months. Wow, you know, so pretty good. 100 years old, really? Oh man! Out in two months. She was. A, she's a blessed woman. Uh, but well, Gail gave her a really good quality of life. It's been a tough six years or six, seven. My dad and everything. But it's been, you know, it's just uh, like your life. You know, changed when you're doing what you're doing. It get it get tough. But I mean, it just is what it is. You know, twenty four hour care for somebody's tough. Oh, listen, that's super tough. Uh, my family only managed to do it a year, and then they put my granddad and old folks home, which is very sad. But uh, to do it six years, uh, that's remarkable, and there's a blessing of God on you and your on you and Sister Gail for what you did for Mama. Hmm. Well, I tell you. Well, I uh, I know I know um, she's with Jesus tonight, and so you're going to see her again. And uh, to live to be 99, that's a blessing right there. <laughs> Amen. Well, she you yeah. she changed a lot. She got born again at Lake Hamilton Bible Camp. Oh, really? When wow. she was eighty-five. But oh, wow! Well, she changed. Mike, Mike, she started she, teaching her how to cast out demons, and she did. Amazing. That's one of the funniest things. Yeah, you go ahead. Since you jumped off on this subject, yeah. Gail doesn't understand that when you go on a, a side trip, that's the Holy Spirit. But it, it frustrates her because she has a, a gift of teaching, and it <laughs> Lord frustrates her from time to time. Now, I go on a side trip. When I try to teach like I'm supposed to teach, and I've taught, I've taught uh, little bitty kids. I've taught grammar school, high school, college. I'm the worst teacher you ever saw. But I can do it, but I'm not gifted in it but anyway tell tell uh shannon i think this story would be good for everybody about my mother's best friend in town who's now 102 and what happened you know because she's been a christian all her life yeah you remember yeah, Gail, was, yeah i remember yeah um, yeah can you hear me okay miss yes, foster ma'am. can y'all hear me yes ma'am oh okay okay I yeah my in fact not, Ms. Not Ms. Foster, foster no. 
No. Yeah. It was. You're not talking about no, Ray. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Fowler. Yeah, Ray. So it starts with an F. Her name is Ray Fowler. She's a hundred. She's a hundred and two, and she's still got all her facilities, and she's still preaching. She's a good preacher. She's hilarious. Wow. <laughs> yeah, she's a, quite the person. Anyway, she is, she came over while Mama Darlene the last six years and would pray with her and they would sing hymns. And But anyway, i got to tell you the story. After Mama Darlene got back from Lake Hamilton, uh, you know, Glenn, Glenn Miller was had such such a heart for for getting people born again and and he really they they just were preaching to mama darlene that that then that time that she, when she went she also started believing that mike and i weren't crazy about she before she, when we talked about demons she wasn't too sure of course dr Patton, mike's father he sent people to mike to cast out the demons and he didn't get born again until late in life either but um but when mama darlene got back from lake hamilton uh, Bible camp. She saw. We went to a, a, the church that Mrs. Uh, Fowler went to, Ray Fowler, because her son-in-law was the pastor, and because Mama Darlene was really different. She got born again. She's a new person in Christ, and so before she had no desire to go to a, a real good gospel preaching, spirit-filled church. But we t- we we took her, and after church, we were just after the service, fairly small church, must have been about a hundred people there. Um, we were all we were some of us were standing around in a circle reminiscing uh, because Mama Darlene really didn't get to talk to Ray all that much. She she did all her life. I mean, they were good friends. They were same age and everything, and and uh, but. But they were standing around having a good old time talking about five or six of us, Mike and the pastor and the and and Ray and I think I think Lucy her her daughter was there and Mama Darlene and me, and um and so Ray puts her arm around Mama Darlene, eighty five years old, thinking you know oh well how are you doing you getting a little rickety or she that was the tone of her voice she put her arm around mama darlene and she said well how are you doing mama darlene how are you feeling and now you got to understand that they're the same age it's not like <laughs> but she wasn't talking down her mother's was always on the other side of the creek negative about everything you know uh, well anyway yeah. Well, let's put it now. this way. Miss um, Miss Fowler may have known that Mama Darlene was not born again and probably was g- giving her the gospel for 50 years, you know. So <laughs> so she was just real surprised to see her there at church, and she puts her arm around her and says, Well, Mama Darlene, how are you doing? How are you feeling? And Mama, Mama Darlene said, Well, you know, I have a, a knee here. This knee, it was her left knee, and she She's pointing at the knee, and she said, yeah, that, that's been hurting a lot. It's been really sore, and it's been kind of swollen. And um, But, you know, I pointed at that knee, and I said, you foul spirit, you come out. And I've been just fine ever since. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, wait, Mrs. Fowler, here's the punchline. Mrs. Fowler, with her mouth wide open, looked at Mike and I, and she Not said, bad. where did your mother go? <laughs> Where has she been? <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, because so, she knew that she knew that she was different. She had never said anything about a demon in her entire life. We should have put her on the demon hotline. Had her, had her do some. Demons. Yes, we should. With some people. 
We should have. Well, you know, Gail, there is one other thing I think you should tell about her because this, this runs deeper, and it has to do with uh, my brother having a child out of wedlock. And, and, and t- tell him that story because he's now. Well, we know we've, had, you know, we've already, uh, we've already told that. We'll tell it real quick. There's probably some people. Carlos has heard this. But you can just grin and bear it, Carlos. You get to hear it again. Um, anyway, once she was concerned about her. I'm not so sure this is a great, but uh, anyway, I don't think I don't know if the if the grandson would be embarrassed to to he, he, for friends to hear this story, Mike, and that's the reason why I'm not sure. I'm tired of people being embarrassed. I, I'm not. I, I like them to be embarrassed. Okay. Go ahead, well, me. that's true. He, he's probably he's right. <laughs> uh, he's right, Shannon. Um, anyway. That's right. At the time Mama Darlene got born again, he was young. He was about 13, 14, and he'd been suffering from uh, the bastard spirit. And he was, uh, and I'm sure that Omega, um, Shannon has preached to you about you you all out there in listening land about well, he'd the dig a bastard hole and spirit hide many and times. He would beat up, he, he just, his life was a misery. Yeah, he was he was smart, but he was having difficulty uh, in school. Uh, nobody really understood why he would be having difficulty because he he's smart, but he was also having social problems like um, uh, not not being able to be real comfortable. You know, he was comfortable around family. We always liked him and enjoyed him, but he was having struggles in school. Well, um, Mama Darlene was concerned about it, and she mentioned it to Mike and said, and Mike said, well, she wanted Mike to pray for him. And she said, no, Mike said, no, you pray for him. You're the grandmother. You have a lot. You have a lot of pull because, you know, Shannon, uh, parents and grandparents, they do. They have a big effect. Their prayers are are very very effective. You heard about you've heard about so many people getting born again. I, I I know so many stories about people that finally came through and uh, they one was suicidal. Anyway, I could go on and on about people that said, "Well, I know my grandmother's prayers were finally answered." And this is what what happened. Mama Darlene and she learned at this point that you don't have to have the person in front of you to uh, to come against the demons in the name of Jesus. Bind, loose, come against the demons, cast them out. And this is what Mama Darlene was doing for her grandson. And uh, then the next time we came to town, because we were, we were in and out of town at that time, and um, next time we came in town, um, we found out about so many incredibly incredible things about us. His grades were like perfect. He's really he's really smart. He was, he was starting to have a... Such wonderful things happened in his life because he was free from that bastard spirit. And um, he, he, athletics, no, no, unbelievable the things that happened to him after he got free from that from the bastard spirit. And he graduated with I don't know how many degrees in college. He's got a wonderful job now, a wonderful wife. And um, it, North, it, it, go ahead, go ahead, Mike. You go ahead. Well, I mean, what she did, she hammered on that bastard spirit until it left. The the key takeaway from that story is she didn't have to be close. She didn't tell anybody in the family other than us, you know, and because that could have been embarrassing, you know, to, I, I don't think so. I think we need to quit worrying about being embarrassed and just get free. But anyway, it, it, I think she did that for months until it left, but it left. 
and it was gone. It was it was destroying his life. Every day he was a misery school, getting beat up. He'd dig a hole and try to hide and all kind of things, just every kind of thing you can think of. And, and my brother was real athletic, you know, he'd fight all the time. Top-notch lawyer. I mean, anyway, long story short is this bastard spirit is really destructive. And she just kept hammering on it. So uh, I I think, Gil, that's enough of that. But I, since yeah. we went off on a rabbit trail, you know, I, I don't know. I think you're getting pretty good at chasing them yourself. Hey. Yeah, yeah. But, Those are great testimonies. This is real now, deliverance. I'm I want to bring out something yes, that. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. we got plenty of time. No, no, I'm, well, lately, I mean, uh, our life, you know, has been unbelievable how the things have happened, and sometimes we'll talk about it all, but not necessarily right now, but the opportunities I've gotten to witness have changed a little bit. I haven't had that many, but I, I begin to talk to people about eternity, because people are so frustrating here in politics and all these different things, which I agree. I'm, I'm, you know, more conservative than Genghis Khan, I guess. But the truth is, uh, uh, people are distracted. And But I talk to really intelligent people about this attorney thing, and it it sort of stops, stops them in their tracks. They can't, they, they uh, end up talking kind of like Biden. You know, when you mention a simple subject to him, but when I mention, you know, uh, I said, I'm, I'll say I'm not real smart, but I said, uh, so maybe you can help me. I do this with a lot of these people, which they're really pretty smart. I say, I, I, I want to uh, ask you about what you think about eternity. I mean, I say, I know it's a long time, but I, I, <laughs> I want you to give me an understanding. Well, I think, I think. I really do from as many discussions as I've had about that with people. I believe that the devil is spending lots of time to distract people. Now I'm easy to get distracted with the politics because I hate what's going on in this country and all that. But at the same time, the other side of my brain knows that God's in control and he has his ways of waking people up and he has his ways of changing everything instantly. So it's a, you know, it's kind of up to him on some of these things, but people, I could just tell them, I have not talked to anybody. And I'm talking about Christians too, you know, Christians who not living like they should because we're in this new deal where, where if somebody prays a prayer and gets born again or thinks they get born again, either way it is, they feel like that's all that's necessary. And they've been taught that. And I've heard it myself, you know, years ago. When I was a holy roller, I mean, uh, the Campus Crusade people, they were attacking me all the time because if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, that was of the devil. You know, I don't think they say that too much anymore, but what we've done is everything has gotten watered down and neutral. You know, it's like uh, almost any subject you approach is no big deal, but eternity, I found that's a good uh, a good way to open up a discussion with somebody about getting serious about God. I, I could ramble on a little bit about it, but I, I, I found that a little bit somewhat surprising, you know, because, because nowhere, no matter what they would say, I could ask another question. 
I said, well, you know, you're a lot of, you know, you're educated in physics. What is forever? You know, I don't know how to explain what yeah, I've done, but it's, it's been a pretty good too. For sure. Yeah, he says, and what I'm says, really trying to do is getting them to think about, well, I, I said, the reason I'm asking you about this, look, I, you know, I know we're going to go to somewhere and I want to go to the place, uh, for, uh, attorney, whatever that means. I mean, I think it's a long time. I want to go to the right place. So, you know, I, I wiggle it around, you know, kind of play with people like, uh, kind of like jigging for fish or something. But I'm surprised, you know, uh, people will, uh, a lot of times that kind of has a, it's a little bit of an eye opener, if you know what I mean. Like Gail used to say, uh, what was your saying about marriage, Gail? Uh, love is blind, but marriage is an eye opener. Now, I think that was directed at me. <laughs> Shannon, did you get that one? <laughs> you know, that, are, we, are we still connected, buddy? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, that's a, that's a question <laughs> I used not to comment on that. No, I, uh, no, we, we got, we can hear you. Can you hear us okay? Yes. Brother Mike? Yes. Okay, you got us. Okay. Yeah, uh, you know, I used to contemplate that question as a young man. I mean, it, I just brought back an old memory, you know. It was one of those sure. things I would think of. Honestly, I would yeah. go down the road and I would think about eternity, and it would put my mind like in a loop. And it's still like in a loop yeah. if I think oh, about yeah. it. I mean, how, how do you, how does a human comprehend forever? And to the point you made, we're down here just for yeah, such a short sure. time. You know... Last night as I was preparing to go to bed, I was having a conversation with Mama Narita. And I said, you know, I'm a little bit, uh, in, I'm a little bit traumatized. Um, when I begin to think about all the mm-hmm. people that we've had on this program who have died. We just lost uh, Prophet Scott Lathrop a month back. Oh, my. He went home to be with the Lord. Still a young man in his 60s. And I think about all the people that have come through here. My goodness. Most of them died of old age. You know, we, we've had some people that, uh, you know, the oldest person we've had on this program was 94. And, ah. uh, yeah, well, if you get hmm. to 90, you're doing pretty good. And then, you know, I, I can't be surprised if the Lord takes somebody home. You know, 80s, 90s, we've lost a lot of people over the years, some to cancer. But I know that they went home to be with Jesus. But, I mean, you know, how how do you grapple with with death? And then I was, I was on a scooter yesterday, and... Uh, I'll go up to the local mall, and uh, there's only a couple routes, so typically I go the same route every time on the back of one of these scooters. I, I take a taxi, and I keep seeing the same sight every time, mm-hmm. and I thought, you know, how many more times am I going to see that? I've been here almost eight years. Mm. It gets kind of monotonous, and then you pass by a hospital, mm. and you take it for granted, and you think, you know, given some time, I could end up in that hospital. And so it kind of gave me uh, a sobering wake-up call on how short life is. And uh, we're losing minutes of our life every day, you know, hours. One thing for sure, we're all getting older together. But uh, Mm -hmm. we're down here just for a drop, Uh, you know, a drop of water in an ocean. Compared to eternity, what do you think about eternity, Sister Gill? 
Yeah, I do think, I think that's a good thing, what Mike's been doing, because that does make a per- person think. When, when you, he asks the question, he says, well, how long is eternity? And so that stops a person, you know, to stop and think, because we as Christians, we think of it as, like you say, a drop in the ocean or a grain of sand on the beach. Right. And so we, when we, begin to realize where we're going to spend eternity we spend more time thinking about it but unbelievers don't they it's a good good way to get on the subject of the gospel because um it makes them kind of stop like when mike asked that question how long is eternity and they they kind of they're taken aback because they don't have a clue because they haven't thought about it now they think about dying and death and where am I going to go and am I good enough and all that stuff but they need to I think it's a great way to get uh, to, to witness to people well you know what's still shocking to me is uh, some people that could be going into eternity at any moment especially some of these yeah. actors and celebrities you'll see like right. William Shatner you know he's in his 90s mm-hmm. and uh, somebody mm-hmm. sometimes will interview these people and they ask him you know uh, what do you believe do you believe there's a God? Do you believe in the afterlife? And uh, to see the uh, response of some of these people, they're not sure. How could you be willing mm-hmm. to step over into eternity and you're not sure if there's a heaven or a hell? Because, uh, I don't know, I guess they're blinded in some way. I would be thinking that'd be the top order of business. you got to get resolved because you're getting ready yeah. to go. Well, see, there have been so so many philosophies, so many even Christian teachings. I remember even Branham, who I listened to a lot of his stuff. I I thought a lot of him, but he even mentioned something. He didn't think somebody would be lost forever and ever. Maybe a few billion years or whatever, but he thought that someday it would have some kind of chance. So it really is hard for Christians. It's hard for heathens. Uh, let's face it, we don't want to spend much time thinking about it. But I believe the Lord is saying, you know, when he was talking to me a lot about holiness the last few years, but the idea is to uh, also, in the Bible, there's several times where it, it talks about uh, you need to be thinking on, you know, thinking about heaven, those kind of things. And a lot of our teachings have been to, you know, name and claim it, fake it, you make it, and blah, 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 and eat steak on your plate while you wait, and all that kind of stuff. That's okay. I'm not against all that, but it seems like everything is directed at not having us contemplating the future. And I talked to some professor, and I said, you know, it's been a few years to be this or to be that and have a good life, but what about eternity? I mean, I tell them I can talk like I'm serious about it because I always am. I mean, I, you know, in other words, they're not looking at me and saying, well, that's a stupid question. I mean, because, uh, but I'm, I am doing it surreptitiously, if you know what I mean. Because always as a evangelist, I was trying to figure out, you know, about leading people to Christ and getting them there. And and uh, I have found this would be a pretty good tool and also a pretty good tool for just waking Christians up to, See where everybody, I'm blaming inflation, all these different things. Everybody's pressed to do more, make more, you know, all these kind of things. You know, we've been put put on a treadmill, kind of like rats, and got to keep got to keep running. And yet, my honest belief is, if myself, Gil, you, I'm calling, include you, Shannon, and yes, all sir. of us, really, 
hundred percent thought that everything we did said or thought about was going to have an influence in where we spent forever and then we spent that thing about forever it might change the way we operate during the day exactly now i'm well, not talking about you so much shannon but well, you know look, what i'm uh, saying that's, that's true don't you think that's a reasonable discussion hey it's true for everybody that should be the most uh, important that, thing that we uh contemplate is are we ready to die because uh some point out a man once died in the judgment we're all going to die unless jesus comes back first yeah and then when we're dead and, grace and mercy is off the table you know so um if we think about straight as a gate and narrow as a way and few be that enter therein, you know, right. only, not many are going to make it. And, you know, what about uh, the scripture that well, says uh, we've got to endure till the end to be saved? Right. Right, exactly. Yeah, I'm convinced of that now more than anything else uh, that this this is not just a, a one-time game. In fact, I believe for Pilgrim's Progress I look at it in a different light. Like when I read it, I didn't I'm like. Yeah, I didn't particular think it was all that great. And then, but the last time I read it, I read it a different perspective. Pilgrim and his buddy got close, close to the gate, but there's a river between them. And uh, one guy he said, "I'm going around. This looks kind of rough." Pilgrim went on through, but at the point of it was, you can get all the way up to the gate and not get in. That's right. I Absolutely. mean, that's one, one point of Pilgrim Pop. Well, you know, that's the yeah. ending, which to me is... Uh, Sister Gail? Go ahead, Gail. Oh, I was just going to say something. I was going to get Mike to tell about the... the um, this is a great subject for witnessing. It really is, because one time Mike let uh, a Mormon friend, and he was high up in the Mormon Mormon church, and it really... You lent him the book that... Uh, what's the name of the book um, uh, the, about hell? You remember... And he, a woman was, had gone to hell every night for 30 days or something like that, you know, it, uh, and gone to heaven for 30 days. But I gave him the hell one. And, and our friends, he told, he told his wife I was his best friend. Now, we'd go to a meeting, yeah. Gail and I and him and all, and I was on the bo- board. And Ed, he had, I could joke, he said, hey, Mike, here's Mike and Gail. They believe we're going to hell. I, I yeah. never said no. <laughs> but he we never he told him that, that was, but he figured um, it out. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, they all, you know, they 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 were good to us, but he was really good. He was a friend, but he just he would. And then when I gave him that, Larry was his name. He had this a uh, big big one at one time the largest uh, timeshare company in the country uh, owned privately. But then when Mexico devalued the peso, everything just blew up. The government came after him for taxes on the dollars he was supposed to make. Anyway, long story. But he and I became good, you know, good friends. And uh, I gave him this book about this woman <laughs> going to, every night she'd go to sleep. I can't remember her name. It's a fairly popular book. And supposedly the Lord took her to hell and, and also uh, one on heaven, I think. But mainly the hell one. And it was, I thought it was realistic. And, <laughs> and he put it... He finished it apparently put it in my mailbox the next time I saw him. I said, Larry, how'd you enjoy that book? He said, It scared the hell out of me. Yeah, <laughs> well we, anyway, he we, let me pray for him for salvation, you know. Yeah. Yeah. He was, and he was yeah, he, he was, was kind of Joseph Smith. I mean uh well, but anyway, it, it, yeah, it, all, I just, all the Mormons well, are good 
I think that's a good thing. But no, I think his family. I know, Mike. You know, uh, anyway, I think everybody. I know, but scared. you don't know what I'm talking about. Because uh, I, 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 uh, you know, I but, find myself sometimes uh, carried away and deceived, thinking that certain things are important, not realizing. Uh, you know, every oh, day yeah. we're one one day closer to eternity. You know, since the the last program you and I and Sister Gail did together, which was sometimes last year. You know, um, Carlton Pearson died, mm-hmm. and he was very well known. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, evangelical yeah. preacher. And the question was, how could this man, who preached the gospel, I didn't know this, but he would cast out demons back as a young man. He was involved in deliverance. I said, what, deliverance? First thing when I heard that he had went to off in the deep end to believe everybody uh, gets to heaven, and then it even got worse right. than that. You right. know, he questioned the Bible, and you know he had, he had some heretical teaching, but I was thinking, surely this guy never got involved in deliverance. That's just what he needed. He needed deliverance, never got it. And then someone corrected me and said, no, man, he used to cast out devils when he was about 16, 17, 18. He believed in deliverance. Yeah. What, wow. So I said, what Shannon, happened? What, uh, even... And, uh, Go ahead, sorry. Come to find out, years ago, in the early 90s, I was at my dad's house. My dad, uh, he was involved in media buying for ministries. When he died, he had the largest company. Mm-hmm. He handled over 100... 25 different ministries, big name preachers. So it was sometime in the 90s, mm-hmm. I was at his house visiting, and there was a discussion, uh, and it was right after, I think, the initial fall of Carlton Pearson. And uh, I didn't know it until mm-hmm. later, but he used to also be a client of my dad's for a period of time. That also handled Jimmy Swaggart, mm-hmm. Creflo Dollar, uh, T.D. Jakes. He did all the mm-hmm. buying for Joel Osteen. Dad worked with all these people. And so, right. about two months ago, I was talking to my brother Damon, who worked with my dad, and I said, Damon, do you ever meet Carlton Pearson? And he said, absolutely. I-, I talked to him many times, met with him. He was one of dad's clients. And I said, what the heck happened to Carlton? You know, he's just died. Uh, died, I guess, of cancer. And he said, that was always a, a question dad had. And one time we, uh, we had a conversation with Carlton. Carlton, what happened? And, you know, Carlton, I think, uh, explained how he had seen something traumatic on TV. I think it was the Rwanda massacre. And it was asking, how does God allow this to happen? Mm -hmm. And uh, he said he heard a voice, and he said it was God speaking to him. Well, I don't know what he heard or who he heard it from. But I said, Mm -hmm. uh, how, how could he go so far from his beginnings? And uh, what do you think, Damon? I said to my brother. He said, well, years ago, we asked Carlton. And Carlton uh, began to talk about his one of his family members. I think it was his grandmother. And he began to cry. And he said, we weren't able to finish the conversation. I said, what do you think it all meant? And he said, I, I think that what happened is he had a family member that their whole life had walked with God. And whatever happened, they got offended at something. And they fell away, and uh, it hurt Carlton really bad in his faith to think that people could go all the way and then backslide. And, you know, if you they, they fell away, you know, going to hell. And he was trying to reconcile how this could right. happen to someone that he saw walk so straight with the Lord. So I think that story kind of 
blends in with what we're talking about tonight, you know, we still got to endure till the end. You know, we know people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me, let me. Who went for a long time. But throw then they something fell away. in here. Back to you. In the middle and talk about that because I tracked, I ran across this on the streets of New Orleans. They called it uh, Ultimate Reconciliation back then on the right. streets and stuff like that. And yeah, I mean, that's what Carlton I, taught. I, 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 what? That's but what anyway, Carlton taught. Uh, yeah. Through the years, yeah, I know. Through the years, everybody that I ran into believed that. I would find out why they believed in every one of the cases, somebody was going to go to hell or had gone, died. In most cases, they already gone, that they just couldn't handle it. Like mothers who had a kid that went away, they just couldn't handle the fact that they would be in hell forever and ever and ever. They just right. couldn't. Their, their mind, mind, will, and most they just couldn't handle it. But, but I believe that through these last few years that the Lord is teaching me about the fear of God. Now, I'm not learning it fast enough. That's why he's letting me live a little longer, I think. Because I don't believe that's the first, uh, high respect of God. That's high respect is good. But I remember uh, one time my mother saying something about you respected your dad. I mean, he didn't spend any time with me at all. But I said, no, I feared him. I respected him when he kept me in line. I feared him because he would he would do what he said. He said, you do whatever you want to do. Just better not get caught. I mean, I knew the consequences. And I believe that we have to start teaching not some kind of watered-down deal, but the fear of God. Like, for instance, in the Old Testament, <clears throat> that's supposed to be a, a picture of us going across the desert, you know, and all that. Heck, the ones that, you know, if you just look at some of the things they did and the consequences... They had to have the fear of God. But we read that like it was a comic book. We don't, like it was not real. And I got to admit, to be honest about it, I, I'm talking about stuff tonight that uh, old Mike hadn't been that serious about either. But it is the fear of God. And the Bible talks about a lot. It's the beginning of wisdom. But we can change these words around uh, like... So I was reading something today, and a word got changed from a long time ago. They called it one thing, and now they call it something else. And and it it, it changed the total meaning to us, but it was supposed to mean the same thing. I just wish I could think of it. But I I just it just when I saw it, it, it says it was fantastic. Anyway, there, anyway, the words would have meant something really different now. So I I just. I feel like the fear of God is fear. Fear. We should fear God. And I, I know I'd get a lot of argument on that. And I probably argue myself about it, you know, because we know God loves us. But the fear of God might keep us from going to hell, you know. But this ultimate reconciliation thing, every case that I track, everyone had to do with them afraid about somebody that was going to hell that they hadn't been able to do anything about. That's what happens with once saved, always saved too. They they latch on to that because they just are not going to accept that somebody turned away from the Lord. Absolutely. I think this is uh, well, they, 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 a real important topic <laughs> because uh, many are deceived. And mm-hmm. uh, 
There's a, there's warnings. I, I know. I, I'd have people tell me so and so didn't get saved. Look, I said I've called to be evangelist. I went on the streets in New Orleans for a year in different different, different situations. I can tell when somebody's passed from death into life. I've seen them pass from death into life and back again. Uh, homosexual on the streets in New Orleans is one of the scariest things I've ever seen. So I learned a lot of things just by experience to only find out later on it lined up with the Bible. Because <laughs> uh, at the time, it, it, it was, uh, uh, my theology was just getting formed because I'd been, everybody at that time, Alabama would be talking about once you get saved, that's it. You know, you, uh, you're either going to get crowns or crown, that kind of thing. <laughs> I, you know what I'm saying. You're going to lose some crowns or lose something. And I never could, it never made sense to me. I'm glad it didn't. It never made sense to me. I guess that's why later on when I really got serious about the Bible, the, the, the pull is, like I've got a brother now that thinks he's going to heaven, but he lives like the devil. He's a good person. I'm sure I was back. But anyway, he's, he just thinks that you know, of course, he follows all the faith people, and he believes, though, that uh, once you're born again, uh, nothing, you can do anything you want to. Well, it makes no sense at all to me. It people are never deceived. did. And not saying your brother's deceived. I don't know him, but in general, people saying once saved, always saved. What are they going to do with it? Was it First Corinthians 6, one of the verses that talks about uh, be not deceived? You know, uh, drunkards, fornicators, there's a whole list of sins, will not inherit the kingdom of God. And we That's got right. people in the church doing he's that. He's not deceived, he's just stubborn. Well, we also yeah, they, got... Look, they, the plus, it's like, he, he, kids about Gal and I are wanting to cast the demons out of him, you know, you'll talk about that, but he doesn't want them gone. You know, he wants to keep his salvation, keep his friends of the devil and all that kind of stuff. And he's highly intelligent. I mean, his IQ's very high, and he's, you know, I don't know. Anyway, I just can see it. It's easy. I think it's the black's getting blacker and white's getting whiter as far as, uh, you know, the separation, you know, the falling away, you know. Well, And then you, absolutely. you see somebody like that Biden, Biden who uh, never watched. He never was. Where's that guy going? No, no kidding. But when you see that 50% of the people in the country are more like the guy, think he's confident going to make a good president. I mean, I hear, you know, different polls. Who knows? But you, I can't believe, in other words, I can't believe anybody with a, an ounce of integrity and, and uh, IQ would vote for that guy. Well, if anybody even thinks that, a good job. if that guy is even cognizant of his own name, I mean, look, uh, they're smoking dope. He's, <laughs> he reads off a teleprompter. Oh, yeah. They have to use drugs to even get him cognizant to read. He's not running the country. In all likelihood, it's Obama. No, no. the money I mean, Come on. I mean, come on. And he never like, has run. When they say Biden you know. did this, Biden did that, he's nothing but a puppet figurehead. That's the right. real brains are behind the but scenes, you, you know. I think it's probably Obama and Susan Rice. Well, I've seen but, yeah. but who knows for sure? I've seen this happen before, though. He's, he's, see, I've seen this happen before. Somebody can be puffed up like that and uh, all the phony stuff talked around them, and then they get to believe it themselves, and then they're dangerous. See, he's gotten dangerous because he believes it. Well, Right now, he believes it, people like him. He's also demon-possessed, but in terms of... I, I really, I think, 
the guys in the oh, yeah, state he is. dementia and Alzheimer's. He probably doesn't even remember anything other than, you know, five minutes worth of but memories. I would feel sorry for him if that were the case, but he's an evil bastard, too. And well, that's a bad word, course. but he is. He's evil. And, you know, he's just evil. Possessed. The Satan can prop him up, too. Folks, if you're just joining in, we're just warming back oh, up. Yeah. I'm excited to be here tonight with evangelist Mike and Gail Patton. And uh, now that I've reconnected with you all, I can't let you all go. We're going to have to do a lot of programs together. Uh, with that, um, we, we, we're about where we're in a little transition trying to get settled because all that stuff's having to where we're going to be and all that kind of thing. But what, I think once we get settled down, if I ever make any money again, I'm hiring Gail and I, IT guy and a secretary because we're going we're gonna, to, I just look forward to us being in one place where we can, you know, kind of normalize a little bit. But but anyway, whatever God wants is what we get because I don't want to complain about it either because I do know that he, the Holy Spirit's in control even though I like to drive, grab the steering wheel when I get nervous and try to, you know, I treat it keep us behind the ditches, but the Holy Spirit sometimes wants us bouncing back and forth off the ditches because he wants us to know who needs to run the game. I hear you on that one. Holy Spirit needs to, and it's, uh, you know, I don't know anybody. Well, I know Gil and I like to occasionally try to, you know, get dependent on something else other than the Holy Spirit. And it causes a lot of trouble because we're trying to steer our ship, you know, and we're thinking, oh, this is going to do real well. And I say we, mainly me. And then you realize that, uh, hey, he didn't want you grabbing the steering wheel. Am I rambling too much? No, uh, what you're, making better, sense, you're making better, sense to me uh, because uh, what you're reading my mail, too, you know, b- bottom line is uh, I've been I've been right there contemplating some of this stuff and uh, – you know, this is a great warm-up for tonight. The fear of God. Uh, you know, what are we going to do with the um, the great falling away? Who's that? These are Christians. These are Christians that fall away. They're lukewarm. Yep, that's right. And uh, that's, that's right. going to happen before Christ returns. And then, of course, you know, if we don't deal with this, and soon Jesus is going to deal with us all because He said, "I'll spit you out of my mouth myself if you're lukewarm, that's right. be hot or cold." With that, um, I can go another forty-five minutes, Sister Gail, if you want to bring a message tonight. Would you, are you prepared to do that? Well, not well, not really. I can talk some more. It's interesting oh. that when y'all started talking about fear, Mike and I had not. We did not talk today about what we we thought we should do. Today was hectic. Didn't study and, anything. And we didn't. But I okay. I did prepare a little <laughs> bit on the fear of God, and uh, it's. I think it's interesting that y'all got off on that subject when that's what I was wanting to talk about. I didn't know that for sure. What you gonna talk about? Take the mic and I thought you it. might be talking about me. <laughs> well, let, well, I'll, ahead, I'll just Gail. bring Why up some things, and y'all, y'all keep talking. I'll just bring up a couple things. Uh, one of the reasons I think I may have mentioned this to you, um, Shannon, uh, not too long ago, a while back, because um, you know uh, I, I have a few regrets. Uh, every if any Christian says they don't have regrets, they're lying. Now, um, regrets do not uh, should not affect us. Uh, t- badly with God because we know we can get right with God at any moment. We 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 stay 
in uh, uh, having a right slate with God. When we sin, we confess our sins. And if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We stay cleansed. But we do suffer the effects of our regrets. And um, I was I wanted to go over, maybe talk a little bit and get you guys to talk about um, the effects on our lives, our bodies, our relationships of um, not fearing God. Um, uh, what I wanted to say with the regret I have is that I just got serious about it a couple of years ago. I mean, I'm, I'm way too old to just now get serious about the fear of God. Um, one of the things about that hell book that Mike was talking about, we should figure out the name of that book because we had somebody stand with us at the time and, um, it's it, it, that book scared him right with God. He thought he oh, was, was a pretty good place. Yeah, isn't been with the mafia. Funny stories about John. He'd killed a couple of people, but I think I really do think one of them was accident or something. But he was he was one of the funniest people who ever lived. But tell, I yell, talk. You go ahead and talk a minute, and I'm going to tell one of the stories he told. When it's, oh, okay. Well, he was he. He wanted to represent himself in court, and uh, the attorneys and the judge both said, "John, you don't, uh, you don't look like you're in the mafia. You look like the mafia. He's big and tough." <laughs> but go ahead, go ahead and talk, Bill. Well, that's okay. Yeah, I wasn't going to say much about it, but that's true. He did. <laughs> if you had a, a room full of people, you could pick him out as the mafia. <laughs> but he wasn't. He was a sweet, gentle, <laughs> wonderful guy when he got born again. He loved the Lord. But he did the same oh, yeah. thing that happened to me when I read the book. Uh, and, um, I mean, I think Larry, it changed him reading the book because he got a lot more serious about talking to Mike at that point. But uh, I remember um, – uh, uh, with John, the mafia guy, when he was reading the book, we, he was living. He and his wife were living with us for a while, and um, he would say he would finally, after he finished reading the book, he said, "You know, every few minutes I had to put to put that book down because I realized I, I was on the fence, and that book just pushed me right off." <laughs> Because we need it's like, it we can't need. be true. It can't be true. But what if it is? <laughs> but what if it is? Words, Every once in a while, you break into that. It can't be true. It can't be. But what if it is? That was fun thing. to watch. The fear of God is a good thing because it it causes us to be more obedient. It causes us to be obedient to the Lord. Like uh, like you were saying, um, Shannon. The, there, the Bible is not only full of verses on. On the fear of God. It's full of verses on enduring to the end. Now, what in the world does enduring to the end mean? That means that maybe it's not going to be that easy. And and um, when we get to where we really do fear God, it makes it easier. It makes it easier not to sin. Um, you, you're tempted to sin, and you start thinking about, about what the Bible says about fearing him. And I mean, it'll make you turn around and go the right direction. Um, well, one just an example, don't you think, Gail? Of the Lucifer. Now I really believe this. There was Lucifer. It was a a light being. I mean, beautiful and all. Turned to Satan, and a third of the angels. I mean, if he condemned a third of his angels to eternal damnation, which the best I can read is not only eternal damnation, eternal. Uh, Misery, 
pain, damnation, you know, and no chance of coming back. You know, even said Esau one time tried to repent of what he did. He'd passed, he'd passed the point where he couldn't. I don't know. I don't understand all that I know, but I know that there's a place with God you don't come back because he said if you turn away, you know, I mean really turn away, uh, there's no coming back. Now, I don't know where that, where that, I think I know, but I wouldn't tell somebody I know exactly what it is. Well, let me ask I'm you both. Uh, Alexander, there's all kind of, go ahead. Let me ask you this question, and I'm going to throw it back to Gil. Revelation 3 says, Jesus said, Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly, hold fast that which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. That seemed to me to be yeah. talking about Ooh. if you lose your crown, you lost your soul. What do you What do you make of that? That's a that's a good one. I didn't ever quite look at it that way, but I mean, that's that. There's a lot of verses like that. Yeah. Are there possibly? Christians? Well, I'm, I mainly concentrated on Hebrews and where where Paul was afraid that he was if he if he uh, gave in temptation he'd lose his soul. And I've told several people if Paul could lose his, you and I probably should should um, be a little bit <laughs> fearful ourselves. You know. Well, let I yeah absolutely now what. You know, um, we, what happens if, uh, as we get further down this pipeline of the end times, and we, we live long enough to see the mark offered? Now, the Bible's very clear. If anybody worships a beast and takes up mark or the number of his name, um, they're going to experience hellfire. There is no forgiveness for that. Is it conceivable that there are some right. people that are going to tap out and take it? The pressure is yeah. just too great? Yeah. I, I believe I think so. that's definitely no, so there'll be a Falling, there's going to be a falling away, and and people I've talked to people who don't believe that's Christian. I said, look, you can't fall away unless you're there. You've been there. How do you fall away from something you've never been there? If you're not there, how how do you fall away? That makes no sense. So people get too smart. No, there's going to be a falling away, and that's the heathens. They're already if they don't give their life Christ, they're already gone. That, we're talking about now a different class. We're talking Absolutely about all these correct. people that are getting born again and living like uh you know it's just a you know we're a big party well what about the parable of the sword jesus talks about one group yeah that with joy they received right. the gospel but they did not have any root in christ and when persecution came for the cause of christ they got offended and fell away mm-hmm. and the ten virgins i mean there's there's, there's so many Examples with you. The whole Bible is full of it, and yet mm-hmm. here's where deliverance people and people like us can come into play. It's got to be spirits blinding people. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. you can take. I remember taking somebody. Well, I through the Bible. This was on a different topic, but they just couldn't even ever understand the the verses that had to do with what I needed to get them delivered of. So those spirits come in and, and blind them. But now, right now, I think we've got, the devil's got people where he wants them, most people, and he's just, you know, doubled up on distracting spirits. I know with me, I know what I should be doing. I get distracted from doing it. And if I'm getting it, I'm sure other people are getting it too. 
Well, I think I the mean, common denominator, you know, we could, whether the person's unsaved or they fall, or they were saved, they fall away. Is uh, if we go into hell, oh, yeah. that's forever. I mean, you know, hell followed by the lake of fire, and lake of fire is yeah. eternal. You know, they're weep of, weeping and gnashing that's of teeth. Right. The smoke of the torment ascends up day and night forever. No rest. I mean, this is a terrible thing. Uh, we need to fear the Lord. Isn't that what Solomon said? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Right. right. Fear well, you know, uh, this guy, that, that something that I would like to mention here, you know, the, the rich guy that was in heaven, Lazarus ate at this, you know, under the table. But at that time in that area, I, era, I was told that that's a pretty good thing to do, you know, let somebody eat with the dogs or something. But anyway, when the guy ended up in, well, we're not going to say hell, wasn't in hell yet, but he wasn't in the pleasant place to, places, Shoal, and the other place, but he was in the hot place. He was miserable. He wanted to drink of water, and he's asking, Lord, let Lazarus come over and give him a drink of water. He, he, I mean, he was told he couldn't. Nobody could go across that gulf, and then he just asked, well, why don't you, if you'll go back and tell my brothers, I got five brothers, so I don't want them to come in here, to just tell them about somebody coming back from the dead. Or, or you know, In other words, the point is, of this, I could go on about the story, but the main point is, it doesn't say that he was a bad guy. He just said he he enjoyed the good things of the earth here in Lazarus. He didn't get any of that, and so it didn't say anything about him being a bad guy. Now that's fearful. That 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 should scare anybody to study that some because, uh, what did the guy do? Lazarus didn't even think he was a bad guy because I think at that time that meat under the table, you know, throw some food off onto him, or maybe he was a bad guy, but it doesn't say that. It just said that Lazarus, I mean, uh, the, the rich guy, you got the finer things of life in this, you know, in this life, and now you're, you know, Lazarus is getting the good life. So I don't know that it takes a lot to get to hell. <laughs> I, I I, I think that's where you can get fearful. I think you can get too fearful. I think you get a, a demon in you that, you know, that would tell you you're going to hell, you're going to hell no matter what you do. And that's a whole nother story. But I believe that we have neglected the fear of God to our own detriment. Well, nobody preaches you know, the it Vandals, anymore they tell you. in the big mainstream nobody, churches. I, I, uh, Sister Gill? Well, even the, the big evangelists. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. The, the yeah. There's so much. Like like Revelation. I think is the most track. is the most comforting uh, uh, book in the Bible because it talks about how good God is to the to those to endure to the end. But it's also the scariest book in the Bible I, I, because it talks so much about about this subject. And then of course the other the other thing that's um that's interesting uh, that Jesus spoke a lot more about hell than he did other things than he did about heaven and uh, so he was serious about it he was real serious about it and he and he said a lot of things uh, let, let me just give you one of the things that um, that I 
think is interesting on this subject because Jesus was talking to the disciples. I know you've heard this before, but the point is people will try to say, no, 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 no. That's not what God meant. He didn't mean it that way because he was talking to sinners. He was talking to unbelievers. But let me, let me, it's in two places. In Matthew 10, 22, he says, And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that, and, oh, whoops, this is the wrong one. Sorry, I got the wrong, I got the wrong one. But this is one of the ones, this is the one, that, but he that endureth till the end shall be saved. 90 seconds. Disregard but, that. Um, Keep going. Okay. Okay, I'm sorry, I read the wrong verse. I'm, I'm wanting to read 10, Matthew 10, 28. Sorry. And, <clears throat> and Jesus said this, and he was talking to his disciples. There's another, another place in the Bible that, that uh, cinches it that he's talking to his disciples. Um, and fear not them which kill the body and are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Seconds. And, uh, and that word there means frightened, be alarmed, one. be afraid. That's real. Uh, if fear exceedingly yeah, no, well, is the uh, definition of that fear. Go ahead. Well, be kind of like where it says, don't fear men. Fear God. That's what the, what the Bible says. Basically, if you're reading between the lines, yeah, I think it right. says it in the lines, but between the lines, too, it's saying, you don't need to fear man. You don't need to fear Satan. You need to fear God. Uh, yeah. I think that's right. And then the, uh, well, yeah, that's what he's talking about. He's telling, he was telling the disciples that they need to fear God because they're not in like Flynn either. They're not. They're not in like Flint. They're, they're not saved because they followed Jesus. They're not saved because they were born again. He said, "I'll tell you who to fear. Fear God. You're not. You're not out of the woods." He's telling his disciples. He says it again in Luke twelve four and five. And I say unto you, my friends, you know, Jesus said a lot about the difference between friends and other people. Friends were people that knew him, and he knew them. What, Mike? Well, I I talk a lot about Judas, you know, and I think if somebody studied Judas, really studied Judas, it would scare them because Judas was one of the gang. That's right. I mean, the Bible says I was betrayed by my friend, a friend of Jesus, Judas. That's right. We all look at him like, you know, evil, evil. Well, he snitched a little money, but I mean, and I'm not saying that's good, but I'm saying nobody recognized him as a bad guy until he did what he did. Now, Jesus would, but but I've heard people say that, well, Jesus repented and went to heaven. Well, no, he was sorry for what he did, but he didn't, no, he, he didn't, he, at least he didn't repent enough to get to heaven. I don't think. I don't think he, I think he passed that point. Is what I think. Oh, but, he went to a place prepared uh, there are others for him. That believe in hell, he committed yeah, suicide and yeah. went oh, right yeah. into hell. Uh, but you're exactly right. You know, he was sent out two by two. He cast out devils. He probably laid hands on the sick and they right. were healed. He did miracles in Jesus' name. Yeah. Yet he could fall away. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Look at Peter. Peter denied Christ yep. three times and cursed. And use well, all I was, kinds I was of going to bring Peter up as an example uh, of somebody who did repent. <laughs> uh, of course, he did. Absolutely. But he had a hard time getting back. Well, they all scattered from he, Jesus. Not he, one of them uh, he had, hung around. 
And, uh, you know, it does say rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Uh, what if a person right. who says they're a believer, they hold on to unforgiveness until they die? They, they didn't let forgive oh, somebody. Yeah. You know, that could keep you from That's heaven. Right. Jesus said, if you don't forgive, neither my Father in heaven forgive you. Are, That's have, right. Are there Christians who have died and went to hell because they didn't forgive? Oh, I yes. So. Oh, yes. Jesus warned us about a lot of things, and that's an important one right there. That's one that people fall <laughs> on. They That tri- trips people up right there, what you just said about forgiveness. What about Jesus saying, you put your hand to the plow and look back, you're not fit for the kingdom of God? Or anyone who's not willing to pick up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me? So uh, we know that those that don't know Christ are headed for hell, withstanding they come to the Lord before it's too late, but those tuning in tonight, which are probably Christians, most of them, most of us, hey, we need to be on our toes because we could be part of the great falling away that Christ warned about, all the more so if we're not being told the truth that we're probably not going to get out of this thing alive. Many will be martyrs, tortured, <laughs> persecuted, you know, just as That's are right. happening to brothers hey, and sisters hey, buddy. in Korea. Just, just so they won't, they won't feel bad. Nobody's going to get out of this alive. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's bad. That's kind of Mike Patton corny. Nobody's going to get out <laughs> no, of eternity. Either. Nobody. At least. We're, we're all going to be in well, eternity. Well, there, there are a lot of teachings though that you know that that nowadays that uh, person Christians. Uh, I, I read some of the stuff that. I go back and uh, hear a few things that Derek Prince is teaching now, and he, he he's pretty good at, at uh, some things that you know, some understanding things. But what what? Uh, I'm, I'm getting. In I, other words, I'm trying to be funny, and I got fouled up. Are we prepared to endure to the end? And endure what? Persecution, tribulation, jail time, maybe being executed for Christ. Losing all of our friends, we got we got to be careful of, of being offended these last days, and then tapping out and getting angry at the Lord and walking away. Well, you know, it happens every day. My, my dear, my deal on eternity. I've I've asked some people. You know that I'm not. I mean, I'm I did go school and got some degrees, but the, the deal is I wasn't all that smart. But if you look at the mathematics on the time we spent here. See, people prepare to be a doctor, lawyer, Indian chief, whatever they do, you know, preacher, anything, spend years and this, that, and other, and then they get feeling pretty important, and then they have a few years of success or whatever. Most most people's lives are not, not as great as you'd think they are because I've talked to a lot of people, but it seems like that there's no time spent preparing for eternity, which I think, we need to, as as ministers, we need to turn that around in people. We need them to contemplate that instead of contemplate how tough it is now or what you're going through, you know. Uh, and 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 we should be good at it because let's say we could tell somebody you go through these years of being be a doctor. Yeah, you pay the price, but you're going to make money and have live a pretty easy life, stuff like that. But we we should be telling people, look. You can't just get born again and go to go to heaven, and like it'd be like if you were down here on earth, you murdered somebody, 
and then say that you went to jail for 20 years, you got out and you murdered somebody else. And then the judge saying, oh, well, that's, you know, that's okay. You, you're covered. You know, that, that's, that's like we, we talk about being born again, covering everything we've done or we're going to do. It just makes no sense. We, but all these different teachings that, that get us away from our responsibility for our part in getting to heaven, the Lord plays a part and we play a part. He doesn't send us to hell. We send ourselves there. Absolutely. Does that make sense? Sister Gill? But it is. Yeah. He definitely, yeah, no. Um, people will blame God for that, for sending all these people. He didn't create hell for, for human, humans. He didn't create hell for us. He, he, he came up with the solution to wash our sins away so that there's nothing between us and God. There's nothing stopping us from fellowshipping and, and being with God and being with Him forever because our sins are washed away. But, and it was His idea. It was, it was, it's, it's man's idea to throw that in his face and say, no, I'm going to do it my way. I hate that song. I'll do it my way. You know, I did it my way. (laughs) Yeah, if you do it your way, you're going to be in trouble. Well, I, I shouldn't, you know, I'm not his judge, but Frank Sinatra is probably wishing he had done it another way. Elvis, too. And maybe, maybe old Mike will. In other words, I'm, I'm still on the way. I'm not there yet. I guess that's why they call it the way they used to in the early Christians. Well, you know, yeah, Bible well, says they call it the way. Go ahead, Sister Gill. No, no, you go ahead. No, you go, go ahead. ahead. I talk too much. Back to you. No, you, no, you don't. I was just going to say what you, what you were saying about about Paul. You know, one of the things that the fear of God will do, or the fear of hell or uh, the fear of spending eternity in hell, or is, is that you, you will... Well, let me give you an example of what I mean. Um, when I read that book on hell, I now look at people, when I meet somebody, I look at them and I think of them in terms of their eternal destination. Where are you going? The, that, if you, when you contemplate... the what happens when you don't endure to the end, you will have much more compassion for people. You will have much more ability to open your mouth and tell them about Jesus. And, 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 you know, Paul warned us, kept warning us, kept constantly warning us because, and he was talking to Christians. Paul was talking to Christians most of the time in his writings. And so he would say, tell us about his fear. Let, that he might be a castaway. And, you know, if Paul could be a castaway, you better believe you can be a castaway. I can be a castaway. Mike can be a castaway. So can I. Absolutely. You know, the word says... Um, well, it wasn't, it wasn't the Lord telling Paul that. It was Paul realizing that the real gospel has to be carried out to the end. Absolutely. He, he to had to keep end. his body under lest he be a castaway. Now, what does that mean? Either he did or he didn't. And then I heard people say castaway didn't mean going to hell. You know, I mean, uh, people twist that Bible about any way you can, but I I really think we better all get a little fearful of where we're headed, you know. Doesn't the word say 
you did run well. What did hinder you? Now, there was a guy named yeah. R.L. Jordan. I'll mention his name because he's dead now. That um, was a revivalist back in the 60s and 70s in the Church of God. And he would come over and run revivals for my granddad Weber, mm-hmm. who pastored a church in Atlanta and was well-known in the South. And um, he was good at preaching. I believe he spoke in tongues. He had gifts of the Holy Spirit. He ran some great revivals. But somewhere in the 80s, something happened to this guy. I don't know what the door was other than he probably needed deliverance in the church. God never was big on deliverance. But I don't know. But I will say this. Uh, He opened up the door to sin. Next thing you know, he's involved in a, a love affair with this woman. They're having relations. And then she says, you know, we can't do this anymore. She said she was going to leave him, and he said, no, meet me one last time over here in the parking lot. And he met her, and she was saying it was going to be the last goodbye, and he pulled a shotgun and blew her head off. They throw him in jail. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it was a big scandal. He was in jail for like a decade. And I was thinking, how the heck did this guy fall so far? My grandmother died in 2011, and I came back from Costa Rica to attend the funeral. And I got there. And uh, the funeral's over, and there's a bunch of people walking around, and someone whispered, hey, that's R.L. Jordan. And I saw the man for the first time, and the last time, he was dressed in a suit. You know, looked like any other, you know, uh, preacher in the Church of God coming through. And maybe he had repented, but he had murdered a lady. And, you know, uh, Hmm. the Bible talks about, you know, uh, there'll be those people... On Judgment Day, that said, you know, it said, but Lord, didn't I cast out devils in your name, prophesy in your name, do all these great works? And Jesus said, I don't know you. Depart me, you worker of iniquity. And so now that's a scary verse there. There's clearly people, and I won't mention any more names. Nobody knew that name, I'm sure. But of some mainstream televangelists, especially, who did run well, and then they fell into sin. Some right. of them recovered. Some don't recover. Um. There was a church in North Georgia where I lived back in the 80s. And the associate pastor would many times make house calls, you know, for people that had come to the church. And this one man was sent out, make a house call. And it was, a, I guess, a divorcee woman or a single woman, whatever the case was. And he went over there to counsel with her, made bad judgment to go over there by himself. Next thing you know, he had a relationship with her and left the church. And that was a big scandal. The associate pastor was gone. He was having an affair with this lady. Now, what the heck happened? This happens every day somewhere, and I'm talking about people in the church. So we've got to be on guard, you know. But one last thing I wanted to say is uh, it does say, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord God delivereth out of them all. And Paul said, Through much persecution and tribulation, we enter into the kingdom of God. Uh, Brother Mike and Sister Gill, I don't think that the church at large is prepared for what's coming and for, you know, the traps of the enemy and the ways that we can be ensnared and tempted and, and fall. And, uh, you know, if you were told, look, we're going to lead you into a, a prayer to receive Christ tonight, but understand if you make this decision, you will be persecuted. You're going to suffer tribulation. Or the devil is going to try to kill you and stop you. And uh, before it's over, you may have to lay your life down and lose your head for Christ. Uh, come forward if you'd like to receive Jesus. Because that goes <laughs> with the territory. I mean, nobody's saying well, that. 
Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, that, that's kind of where, you know, in, in football, Alabama used to be great this they'd you know some they'd get the prospects in and they'd get all the women in this and that and everything and then when they got to practice it was hell on earth you know and i i believe that i i'm not like a lot of you i don't hate billy graham i but i remember you know there a lot of people give these altar calls and you just thought you were going to be on a lifetime ice cream social sort of thing i mean you know with a spiritual high and all but but I believe that that kind of preaching needs to change to a, an honest preaching. So if you're talking to a crowd of, let's say, a thousand people or a hundred or whatever, uh, the evangelist, and I was one too, I disappointed if everybody didn't come, you know, it's just something you're, you're trying to do. But I don't think I ever promised them all that stuff because it wasn't happening for me. But, I, I do think this, we're better off with 10 real ones than we are with the whole thousand that are just flakes. In other words, they're 10 solid people, but I don't know how you tell because anybody can fall away. Derek Prince, I heard him recently on something, just a short thing, where he was talking about he knew of a couple hundred ministries in America that had pretty good-sized ministers and, and ministries that just went uh, just went bad or hundreds he said hundreds i think i thought he might have said 200 but i think it was hundreds and you know he did know a lot of people but uh well i hear it all the time i don't know i just know that uh, a pastor falls or he walks uh, away we've got yeah doesn't believe in god anymore i mean especially in some of these mainstream hillsong style churches you know um i'm, oh, I'm well, seeing what i what i'm wondering about is the pastors that are teaching other people erroneous stuff you know i'm talking about obvious erroneous stuff not there's some of them that you know really preaching their hearts out and really believe certain things and i give them a lot of leeway but i'm talking about for gain preaching this stuff you know just to build a congregation or numbers or something well that's really but what about there's gonna be a hot place to fall. yeah well, yeah, yeah, exactly. What about, because I think a lot of times there'll be, there's a lot of preachers that some people will say, well, that issue is not an eternal issue. But I say, yes, yes, a lot of times these issues that we try to say, well, that doesn't have anything to your salvation, have to do with your salvation. Yes, it does. Like, for instance, you hear of preachers all the time that, well, not all the time. That's not true. I've, I've heard of a couple. And that are actually saying they can take you can take the mark of the beast and repent from it. Oh, you man. can innocently take the mark of the beast. Well, I I believe Jesus over him. I'm not going to believe some preacher that can tell tell me that I'll be okay if I take the mark and then decide to repent later. They're deceived. Jesus is very clear on that. And you know I've heard the same thing. There's some people that are not on this program anymore, and it's sad because I like the people, the person. Uh, because when the COVID came out, I was saying, folks, don't take this. Whether this is the mark or not, this could kill you. It's going to change your DNA. How, is God going to be happy if you change your DNA? Don't do it. Just don't do it. Now, I don't believe the mark has come out yet, but I believe that the vaccine was a precursor, and it was definitely a bioweapon. But that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. But because I said this, I get a text from this individual one day. And they said, my people are telling me that they heard your program, and you're saying, uh, don't take this. Could be the mark. And we got into an argument, and I said, uh, whether it's a mark or not, I don't think 
people should be taking this. It's dangerous. It's clearly um, nefarious what's going on. And the person told me, they said, well, look, even if it does change their DNA or it, or it was the mark, uh, they're not going to go to hell for that. And then I realized that they are once saved, always saved. And I said, no, mm. no, I'm sorry. And I yeah. began to pull the scripture out, and we had to part company. Because this uh-huh. person was willing to say, hey, look, if you took it and it was the mark, don't worry. You're already saved. Well, now that's a, uh, you know, that's not a, uh, <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for? That's a, uh, that's a, that's a doctrine issue that we've got to be very clear on. It's that's not, a doctrine yes. of demons, of demons yes. and devils. Right. I mean, <laughs> it's not a matter of uh, we're disagreeing on when Jesus a, comes back. That's not a, a salvation issue, but that, that's a salvation issue. Uh, mm-hmm. There's others that I remember running into a you know what I... that said, Jesus understands. Go ahead and kill yourself because we're in such a bad economy. And if everything has gone wrong, you love the Lord, you can go on home and be with him. He'll understand because you're in such pain and misery. And I said, hold on a second. You're murdering yourself. That's a sin that you can't repent of. How are you going to repent of thou shalt not murder and you murdered yourself and you're dead? All these other sins are bad, but at least you can repent because the spirits. You know, Mike. I was going to say, Mike recently used that on a friend of mine, a really good friend of mine. Mike's too, because she 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 really started to think she had been feeling sorry for herself and talking about it's time for me to go home. I'll just take myself home. I'll just go ahead and go be with Jesus. And Mike said, "Well, you know, that's that's the only sin you can't repent from." That's right. Well, these are salvation issues, and we've got to get this stuff straight. <laughs> Because there's a lot of doctrines of demons going on, and you and Mike have been around uh, for as long as I have now. I've been in the church for 52 years, so my memories go back to the 70s. And that may be extraordinary in this day and time. Some just got saved 10 years ago. I've been in the church all my life. So at least my memory goes back to the 70s. Maybe y'all were in the church before then. But I know y'all been around long enough, as well as I have, to know that there were a lot of good denominations out there, whether they be uh, Methodists, you know, the Lutheran used to be okay. Now you look at all of them. Methodist, Episcopalian, Lutheran, the Catholic Church, denominations across the, the swath spectrum are bringing in lesbian pastors. They're embracing homosexuality. Yeah. They're standing up for gay rights. And it's like one denomination after the next, the big ones, are going apostate. Look at the shakeup in the Baptist Church. You know, Rick Warren was thrown out. A lot of people are thrown out of that church. You know, and I think rightfully so, because they've compromised. And I don't know if there's many left out there right. other than these little small assemblies up on the hill, because most of the mainstream has, you know, went in a total different direction. And I think that they're being set up to be apostatized, because this, you know, quick sinners prayer. Uh, yeah. Do they ask people to repent of their sins first? Don't we have to repent of our sins? Confess Jesus the Lord, get water baptized. That's important, if you can. Uh, uh, the the weak repentance is probably the number one reason for the state of Christianity today. There's not... In other words, when John the Baptist, he refused to, he refused to baptize some people because they hadn't repented. They wanted, they wanted, but he knew their heart wasn't right, and he wouldn't do it. Let me ask they didn't baptize them because they weren't repenting. Repenting, you got to repent, brother Mike and sister Gill. Turn. Have you seen a church? 
Go ahead. Have you seen a difference in the church today versus what y'all remember from the 70s and 80s? In terms of oh, yeah. holiness unto the Lord? The, the That's worse than when I was growing up when not many people were born again. It's the 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 uh, just good, decent, honest people were better than the Christians are now. Do you remember the sermons? Does that, that make used sense? Be, not all of them that used to be preached. You know, you're coming to meet the Lord on Sunday. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even. I couldn't even imagine my grandfather coming in and holding Sunday morning service in skinny pants and holes in the knees and a leather jacket <laughs> and the fog machine and a fog you know, people machine. Did. People did honor God. I think honor God. Even my parents. I mean, they they weren't born again, but they they had an honor more more honorable toward God. Now everything with this this uh, love stuff that's being taught and all this different things that just what I call greasy grace. It's like you know Jesus is your buddy and God's your uh, sort of a nice you know, uh, grandfatherly type and all that kind of thing. It's just it's just a perverted gospel in my mind. Do you all remember when we used to have choirs in the old hymnal books that there's power in the blood in the name of Jesus? Oh, yeah. Amazing yeah. grace. Oh, I, power I, love, I Jesus. love them. There's power in the blood? I, if, yeah, if, yeah. Or am I an yeah, extinct a, species? Well, we need, no, we need that bad for I feel like uh, I'm all the bloody species. stuff. We need songs for deliverance even that's right in a lot of places you go that you think the preacher's pretty good but the music is bad the music is all about me 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 i come to you i'm good i i repent i'm i'm praising you i i i i the the hymns don't talk about me they talk about jesus do you remember everything i have heard for a long time, it says the Holy Spirit's here. No, they whomp up the Spirit up with a bunch of loud noise, and the Spirit's not there. And, it, and an idiot could say that, but if you've never experienced the Spirit, you wouldn't know that what they're saying is not true. Do you remember altar calls uh, but at, the end of the, at the end of the service? Oh, yeah. People going up there but and praying through yeah. and yeah. weeping up there in front of the people. I don't think they have altars anymore in many of these churches. Choirs, forget about it. They've got a, a praise team. And how much of the word are they even reading? Have they rejected the King James Bible and thrown it out? I mean, you know, again, I feel like an endangered species because I don't recognize a church today and I'm, I'm you, worried myself. If I'm going to make right. it, God have mercy. Narrow is the way. We are endangered. Narrow is the way. Few there be that find it. Well, That's the truth. Of, we need to live like that. All of our friends, all of our friends, including the funny one, is one of the big ministers that was a friend of ours. He, he was a good guy, but they, nobody can find a church to go to. That's funny in a way, but it's been that way for years. Well, I don't. You weren't too clear, Mike. What it is is we have a pastor friend. He's he was he's been a, a, in the past our, our pastor and he used to chastise people because they couldn't find a good church well when he quit pastoring <laughs> the church he couldn't find one either he knows what we mean <laughs> he's, we've laughed about that for years <laughs> but he I mean he he was a, you know, one of the top guys in Sing the God Church now they used to cast out devils and their top evangelist was a friend of his I can't think of his name you'd know he's real 
real well known. No, I can't think of his name. I don't know. But and the uh, Gary's the one that told me that Shambach, the Assembly God. No, it wasn't Shambach. It was he's a radio program mainly. Uh, he's written a he lot of books. He was on the radio all the time. Sure. Oh, uh, good. I can't. He's older than Shambach. Adrian Rogers? Anyways, it doesn't matter. No, no, he's younger than no, Adrian. No, no. At any rate. No, um, no. No, girl. He's it's not. changed. No, I meant a- Adrian's younger. I'm sorry. Go ahead. It has changed. You know, truly, Jesus said, why find faith when I return? Now, that's uh, that says volumes right there. And he that endureth until the end of the same shall be saved. We've got about four minutes left. Uh, I hope y'all aren't offended that we didn't get time for the message tonight. But sister, sister, Gail, oh, I'm talking okay. to you because um, um, I took y'all off on a rabbit trail. Well, I give evangel- I give my evangelist message. Turn or burn. We we talked about what I what I wanted to talk about. It was great. Well, I want y'all to get me two dates for February. I'll work around your schedule. It's wide open right okay. now. Y'all tell me what you got. Right. And uh, before we close in prayer. Would y'all tell people how they can contact you and your ministry and anything else you'd like to mention? Well, they can. Uh, the best way is to email us. And when you email us, put Omega Man in the subject line because then I can get back to you sooner. Uh, uh, Gail, G A Y L E underscore Patton at yahoo.com. That's Gail, G A Y L E underscore Patton at yahoo.com. Just put Omega Man in the subject line and I can get to you quicker. I think we should call tonight Fear God and Endure Till the End. What do you all think? Yeah. Sounds good to me. Hey, listen, it is so good to hear y'all's voice. Forgive me for dropping the ball. I don't know um, what to say other than... uh, We've been in a lot of... I'm picking back up a little bit of speed. We were here, there, and everywhere. (laughs) You know, I had my days and nights upside down for six months. I was doing another schedule. And uh, I uh-huh. wasn't getting to bed till the wee hours of the morning. That was going to about to kill me. So I flipped it back around, starting January 1. I'm back on uh, evenings now, 7 to 11. So praise the Lord. It's it's building back up. Um, I love and appreciate both of you all. Give that email out again one more time. Uh, Gail, G-A-Y-L-E, underscore Patton, at yahoo.com. Sister Gail, are you all still maintaining a website? Uh no, no, we're not. Well, maybe I need to help I used you with to have that. I used to have a blog, but I I just gave that up. What would, I, I couldn't yeah, handle on the phone. She's got ministry. She's got ministry going on, you know, a couple of nights a week or who knows oh. a lot. And these people call her all the time. So I'm glad you mentioned that. She's pretty active in ministry. How can is it open to the public? Is there a way people can be part yeah. of that? What tell tell us? Oh about yes. It. Oh yes, just go ahead and um, just just email me and tell tell me uh, what you need deliverance for. Most of the time, if it's a, if it's a man, Michael talk to him. If it's a woman, I talk to him. I I uh, talking about your your ministry. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Casting Gail out demons. Program. Well, your program, Gail, that We're, you have every Tuesday night. And oh, oh, well, we have, we have a I, we have a prayer meeting on Tuesday night. It's not a yes, it is. It's a prayer meeting yeah. on Zoom on Tuesday nights. How do people sign up for that and be part of it? Well, go just just go to the email, and I'll tell you. I'll get. I'll send you the link. I want you to also email me the link because I want to put it on my website. Okay. May I do that and promote it? Oh, sure. Yeah, okay, sure. We're gonna do that. I'm gonna put a banner up there for you. I mm-hmm. love and appreciate both of y'all. Y'all want to close us in prayer? 
Go ahead, Mike. Go ahead, Gail. <laughs> thank Father, you. in the name you, of Jesus, through the blood we want the people to understand this is a real easy, simple, uncomplicated message. It's turn or burn. Whether you're a Christian or a non-Christian, we've got to turn toward the Lord. Stay turned toward the Lord or there's burning. It's it's uh we got a heaven to gain and a hell to lose. So let's get with it. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm updating the title to Turn or Burn. I love you both. <laughs> Give me some dates for February. It is See great. Okay. great to be back on with you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Love you. Love you too. Folks, that was Evangelist Mike and Gil Patton. I want to thank them for coming on. It is great to be back on with them. And we're going to get them back on very quickly. I'm going to get them to give me two dates as their schedule's open, and we will get them back on promptly. Okay, here we go. Let's get Brother Joseph on. I'm going to say this. We'll be right back. Refresh.